like fucking brain damage. More energy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why that's it's such not, a great that's, song. That's why you don't really hear it. Oh, it's like before his brain damage. Yeah. It's like <laughs> down. Well, the, the steroids <laughs> went to his brain. Yeah. <sighs> great song. DCM works. My beer is going warm while I record this. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of the Alpharatus Podcast, official podcast of Digital and Creative Media Works. I am David, lead writer, creative director, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Ben. Hello. And today we're talking about Mad Max and world building. Hey, we're also tired. That's not true. We are full of beans. We're ready to go. We have more Pumped. energy than we need. Need the more energy. Down. We just watched Arnold. We just watched, um, what's it called? Arnold. Android. No, it's called Arnold. Oh, really? I yeah, this, the song was called Arnold. It's that one where it's like... Down, down up, up. <laughs> yeah we're, we're very excited about it yeah, um <laughs> today we're talking about mad max uh fury road i should have i should have clarified um the new the newest and greatest yeah the newest and greatest uh we did enjoy it i didn't love it the third time around i'm not gonna lie it was good i love it every time I I, that movie gets me giddy it's not it's not getting any less good it's just not as like i think it, it gets better every time i watch it to be honest because i know the small things and i'm like oh man well, that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah. It's kind of what we're doing today. So we're going to go through a bunch of small things that we really I'm enjoy. Really, a lot of... Because, um, like, the big over, like, over story, like, everyone's looked at it. Everyone knows what it is. But it's all the subtle things that make it really good. Yeah, and it's kind of this sort of, um... Like, it's this process of... They... Uh, they've clearly spent a lot of time thinking practically about how they can insert things that are going to be well-building. But you don't... You know, you know, only if you look for them. Otherwise, yeah. they're just peripheral, and they kind of exist outside of what you can see. And there's a few sort of obvious ones. Mm. Like, really just sort of, like, wide-angle, like, oh, moments. Yeah, you're but like, okay, this is what the world like, looks like. Like, five-frame, just, like, cutaways that you're like... Which, those are the what? best ones, I think. Those are the coolest ones. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're going to focus on. Um, so the film itself opens up with just, like, this weird monologue that we we originally were like, oh, that's exposition, but it's kind of it's kind of not, yeah, you know? Yeah, because... He's sort of talking about his past mm. and how he's like a survivor. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. It's like it's the previous it's, Mad Max films. Yeah, it's kind of well building, but it's also kind of not. And then it jumps to a bunch of sort of like backs, like you know. Yeah, they're like, like flashbacks, flashbacks, but kind of not really. But not really because it's they real strange. Yeah, they're flashbacks that never actually happened, like mm. in the previous films. So they're his flashbacks, but they're not like, of. Yeah, it's it's quite. I yeah, guess it's, like it's you. I mean, we when we saw it the first time, it was like, oh, like he's is this the same Max? Cause yeah, it's, which cause is kind we of don't a cool... know those characters. Like, who's the girl? Like, yeah. the girl's like literally no one. Um, and especially in the first, like chasing, which we'll get to in a bit, mm. there's like a bunch of flashbacks, and I but, think I think one of them is a character from the second film. Yeah, but like. That's the only tie. I think it almost kind of works better that we don't know who they are. Like, it yeah. kind of... It adds to and the like sense... Of, like, it makes the world a bit bigger. Yeah. Um, it sort of implies there was a time... It, assuming it's the same Max, which there's theories saying otherwise. It sort of implies there was a time between Thunderdome and this current movie. Which just yeah. makes... You know, it's like, oh, okay. And like, even if that isn't true, it's at least... Like, it's a different... Like, it's kind of... it's It might be in the same world or it might not, but it doesn't seem to matter... Because the story yeah, exists by itself. There's never really any continuity between yeah. Mad Max films. Which is kind of cool. Like, it's yeah. kind of an awesome sort of thing to have. Um, so I guess, you know, the first thing we get is the piece of his car being his identity. We get that yeah. really early on. Um, 
And I think that's really important because it, like, he gets his car stripped away and he gets his jacket taken and all of the things that define, that you would think would define him, being like his car and his belongings, turn out to be pretty irrelevant because almost immediately he's back trying to fight them off and run away or whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it reminds Sets us that... Up for, like, just everything being based on cars as well. Yeah. And it reminds on. us that he kind of, even though he's within the system, he sits a bit outside it. Yeah. And that even though he loses his car, he's still fine. Yeah. Whereas we see other characters outside of cars really struggle. Um, Literally, like, for the rest of the film, if you're not in a car, you're dead. Mm. Because you start, like, every character starts off in yeah. a car. Unless you're Max. Yeah. And then the only way you leave your car is because your car blows up and you die. So yeah. it's like, sort of, your car is like your your body almost. And if you don't have one, it's yeah. kind of dead. And I mean the whole this. I mean that's kind of the, the the whole point of Furiosa's introduction, really, is that that sequence where we see her in the truck and we get those like all those small little touches of like this truck that's clearly super customized. Oh, yeah. Like it's it's two it's... cars on top of each other that have been like yeah. The the truck body itself is like the front of a truck mm. stapled to the back of a car. Yeah, it's quite cool. <laughs> it's really it's really it's weird. really interesting to look at and like unless you're looking for it, you don't necessarily you don't really notice. notice it. You're just like, oh, it's just a weird looking truck. It's like, it, no, it's very well defined. Yeah, you see the like it's so the weird seam. But the yeah. cool thing is that it sits. It suits the aesthetic so well that you actually think that that's how trucks have always looked. <laughs> yeah. Like you, it's it's quite yeah, it's quite remarkable that they can achieve that so quickly. Yeah, not make it look like. It doesn't like look mishmash. like two cars stuck together, but no. it definitely is. Some later cars definitely look like just cars mashed together yeah. because they are. Like I think they are. Uh, well, the, the fat guy's car. The is fat like, guy's car is literally like his monster truck three is cars. Yeah, just stacked on top, top of each, each other, other on like giant wheels. There's like four bonnets on it. It's hilarious. Four um, like front I fucking I don't know. I know what you mean. Yeah, but the um, I think the cool thing about the 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 first thing that we get of Furiosa and Joe. We don't get an explanation of like, oh, she's going to take the oil to blah 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 or whatever. We just get like, oh, they get a lot of we get fanaticism. Yeah, and we get a lot of like spates like of conversation, and, like... and everyone is just sort of like, this is clearly a routine that's happened before. People know the right things to say, but and no one, like... no one turns around and goes, Furiosa, good luck taking the gas to Gas Town. Yeah, that never it's happens. Just... It's just you, you know, the... it's a lot of like, like they probably did that as well. They get a lot of like the religious sort of i'd like it's a two for one yeah yeah he he talks a lot of rambly bullshit yeah like oh the great pilgrimage, the pilgrimage you're like, blah, what? Blah. it's you're, clearly a cult yeah like, and like you're, you're able to like decipher what he means but it, it just builds it further as this weird like the whole citadel is just one big crazy fucking cult yeah it's a bunch of crazy it's, people doing crazy people things yeah and they've all got fucking painted skin and shit yeah like we we don't need the the film does a really good job of knowing when to trust its audience and when not to. Yeah. Because, like, immediately it's like, oh, we're going to trust that you're going to work out that Furiosa is going somewhere and she works for this guy. We'll trust yeah. that. But we need to, like, we need to drop in some terms now that'll come back later. So you get, like, that mention of the Half-Life as she's leaving and you get a few bits and pieces that aren't exposition necessarily, but the drops of the world building that will come back later. You get mentions of, like, Gastown. Yeah, which is really important, because yeah, if you don't have that, when that stuff comes up later, like, it kind of blindsides you a bit. Yeah. Because you don't register it necessarily. You're not sitting there going, oh, I wonder what Gastown is. But you're when it comes like, up, oh, it jogs like, your memory. Yeah. Like, you get a sense of familiarity, yeah. and that builds to the fact that that has always been there in that world. And I and I think the how they the way they name Gastown, and then later on when they mention Bullet Farm, you immediately know what Bullet Farm is. You know what it does. Just by the name. Yeah, and I don't think there's any explicit mention of what Bullet Farm is, but you're just 
it's just there's the citadel which is like okay that's like a city yeah and then there's gas town which you're like you're told is where we get like a vague horizon shot of it yeah yeah. And then you're just told of this place called the Bullet Farm. You're like, it's probably just guns. Yeah, like, we, it's we a lot of bullets. We there. get Bullet Farm, and we get the guy who runs it. Um, oh god, he's the best he has character. bullets in his bullet teeth. Yeah, his his teeth are bullets. But those two things combined are all we need to know. Oh, actually, that's not true. That and the fact that he he drives. Everyone else really carefully shoots their bullets and use. He oh, just yeah. he just rails off machine guns. What he are you just... doing? I'm probing. You know that moment is great, but it's a really good indication that he he, he can afford to. That, that segment's also really funny because if you if you like pay attention to the guns he's using, he starts off with like these two like SMGs, and he's when he's yeah, like chaining, yeah, and then like it well, cuts. He starts with pistols, then he goes to SMGs. Yeah, it just cuts. It just changes guns. Yeah, and, like there's never any shot of him like picking up new yeah, guns. His guns just, gets just handed change. new guns. Yeah, and like his. And the rest of... All the other guns in the film all follow, like, pretty sort of realistic rules where it's like, you know, you have to reload a gun. Like, it has bullets. Like, yeah. sort of, like, a gun runs out of ammo. I mean, even to the point where, like, a gunshot hurts yeah. your ears. Like, yeah. it's really realistic. They, they really sort of... Yeah, they all the guns are generally real- realistic, except for the bullet farm guy's guns. <laughs> yeah. Because he just fires off just rounds nonstop. And that's what makes reload. him really distinct. Yeah. It's really it, interesting. It's... It's a really funny thing where, like, they made him the movie the movie gun guy. Yes. Whereas, like, his gun doesn't run out of ammo. And the great thing about that is that it would make sense and that he's no like recoil. that. And it has no recoil. Yeah. And like, it's it, like... It, it's kind of like if you... You know what it does, actually? He's a cartoon character. Yeah, he's a cartoon character in a film that's full of not-cartoon characters. Yeah. And it lets us just relax for a few he's seconds. He's a total character. Yeah. Know. Which is fine, because sometimes you need that on screen. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, even with a Morton Joe, he's got this armor that makes him look ripped. Yeah, but he's just a fat He's a fat old guy. <laughs> yeah. With this gross breathing apparatus that makes him look like a you toad. See that, you see that early on where he's sort of being built yeah. by his disciples. L- he's literally being built by his disciples, yeah. but he his legend is also built by his disciples. Yeah. Like, it's so... It's on the nose, but it's so good that it's like, yes, you've... Like, this is... People... Most directors wouldn't have the balls to do that because it's so on the nose. Like... Yeah. He's being built, but he's also being built, like Winky Face, yeah. but it works because <laughs> it's so earnest and it knows that it's earnest. Like, he doesn't he doesn't put the armor on and someone goes, oh, like, there's no dialogue about it. No one is like, hey, Joe, don't go out before you put your armor on, and then no. Joe puts his armor on. We just get halfway through the armor being put on, and yeah. we're trusted to work it out. And it's... Like, it's that trust in us to do the world building with what they give us. And they use a lot of, like, quote-unquote exotic, exotic imagery with the building, like, with mm-hmm. the, the kid, like, blowing the chalk onto his back. Like, that's such oh, a trope yeah. of just, like, yep. this is, like, it's, like, Native Indian kind of thing, mm. like, Native American kind of thing, where it's, like, you know, that's not a thing you really see in, sort of, like, Western religion. Mm. And they do that a lot with things where they try to, like... They'll invert they'll, certain things. Yeah, they'll take the cult and, like, make it seem like unnatural or like exotic through just non-western tropes <laughs> yeah because we're just so used to seeing yeah we just yeah we're just like super associated he, to it there's no he doesn't have christ imagery the gun guy has christ imagery oh like, yeah even something like, as simple as that is really clever and small yeah but at no point are we like oh morton joe is like this christ figure no he's more like this creature that everyone he's more like a he's more like a almost he's very like buddhist god He's just a big fucking toad. Like, he's yeah. a big Buddhist fucking toad. Yeah. And that sort of... I think that imagery makes him seem a little more grounded than if he were, like, a Christ figure. Yeah. Because then you would just sort of... You'd be like, oh, great. 
like another again, body he's a christ, he's a bloody christ he's mate jesus yeah it's like when Which you watch, we don't need yeah it's like the same thing with like the matrix when you're like i get it neo is a is a is christ, jesus like i get it i get it movie they don't really they don't ham fist it in you're like so. keanu reeves i get it you're god yeah. that's fine so Just relax mate you're sort of like you you accept it more you're like mm. okay i'm fine with this and I think that, like, the the authority he's lent is really well demonstrated. Because, like, so, you, when Furios is in the truck... Oh, yeah, I love, um, I, I We love talked it. about this moment that we really... Like, I this, love it This so for much. us is such a great moment. So, Furiosa is in the truck, and she, she changes direction. She, but, yeah. And the, the, the... One of the blokes comes down, one of the, the Half-Life guys. He comes down, and he goes... Uh, we've changed course. What's going on? She's like, oh, we're going. She to- just says no. She, he's like, where are we going? She just says nothing. Yeah, she just uh, she keeps looking. Yeah, and she's he's driving. Just, and he's and he's just like, you know, he's like, what's going on? And he's like, you know, he sort of pesters. He's like, where are we going? Yeah, she yeah. Says, he says it a few times. We're doing a detour. That's all she says. And he's like, and at this point, you're sort of thinking like, okay, this is weird. Like he, that guy's clearly like a high ranking. Um. Yeah, he's one of these painted men. He's yeah. clearly a higher. He's like religion. higher. He's like same rank or like. At, at first, you're like he's probably higher rank. Yeah, because you know you see a lot of the war boys and you assume they're like, you know, they're kind of high rank or whatever. Yeah. You don't really realize they're just cat and fodder at that point. Yeah. Um. So you're like, oh, and she's just human. So you like, you don't really know where like the the power lies, and it's a really good like subversion of of expectation. The, yeah, because you expect like, oh, she's just the driver. She's just yes, like, yeah. You expect him to be like him to be the top. He's boss. like the lieutenant, yeah. And so when she's just like, we're taking a detour, and he just like without question, he's like, all right, I'll tell everyone else. You're yeah. like, yes. And the yes. best, the best part about that is that it reminds us that drivers in this world are the most important. Yeah, it's it's like, a... it, it's character building, it's world building, and it's really succinctly done. Yeah, I and mean, you, it's you just see it genius. again the whole idea of the drivers being important with um mocks and his like cousin or whatever oh yeah when they're arguing over the wheel well, think, yeah yeah and he's like no nah, i'll bring my blood bank because i'm yeah. he's he's a better driver and he's like i'll bring my blood bank he's older that's the thing yeah he's, oh is it his age yeah he's like they all look the same age but the um mox is like pretty sure actually it's not his cousin mox is Nox. his dude's like grandfather Nox. Nox. Nux. 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 Not Mox. Nux. Alright. Mox is, is a Borderlands. <sighs> I thought it was Nox, N O L. Nox. Nux. 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 Alright. Um, he's like his grandfather. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's pretty f- sure. Fucking weird. Which is why he's like, you're old and dying. With the, yeah, it's weird, which is why the Half Life thing fits in because. Huh. Like, if you, if you make the comparison to, like, a radioactive substance, radioactive substances don't, like,. They decay, but they like they don't like rust or anything. Yeah, it's not like iron or well iron, which like oxid oxides oxidizes oxidizes oxidizes. Yeah. What the fuck? Are you having a stroke? I'm tired. It oxidizes. It, do- it oxidizes, and it like you know it sort of disintegrates. Yes, radioactive materials just decay. Yeah, they just disappear. Yeah. So like the idea of being like you know like Half Life Warboys, it's like they're the same. They're just like you know they're just sort of disappearing they're at their half-life yeah so the and that's it's a really clever it's like a really subtle thing again but, but when think, you're told that like oh he's his grandfather you're like oh what yes like, you didn't even notice that like i didn't yeah. pick up on that i'm at pretty all. sure he says like he's his grandfather oh, no, I, yeah that's interesting but yeah. I, I think the cool thing as well there's a nice metaphor that they've drawn with these characters that are painted white in the great white because that's what they call the desert yeah fade they have a half-life and they fade away into the great white 
because they're white. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah? Like, that's kind of cool yeah. that he was like... George Miller was like, how do there's I... There's so many puns. It's so many <laughs> puns, and they're all so on the nose, but they're sort of... Yeah, it's because they're never stated. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's very clever. Also, the, the car pun with... Uh, Max's blood being quote unquote high octane. high octane. See that just, again is yeah everything. <laughs> like we get reminded that everything for these everything people is, is funneled through this lens. Yeah, like this entire world is funneled through the lens of a car. Yeah, which you expect to get tiresome, but instead it's constantly surprising. Also, they call gasoline guzzling. Yes, and it's even at the at the start of the movie where they um where they have like the obnoxious like news montage intro. Mm. Even then, it's called guzzling just really interesting because it's it sort of implies that it's not a it's not like a sign of the times that they call it gasoline it's just in this world gasoline isn't colloquially known as gasoline yes it's known as guzzling which i think which is funny because it, it sort of implies that like because this is like in the future yeah it sort of implies at some point in time it's just like people got so like fed up with cars that they yes started and like fossil fuels they were like it's guzzling because cars guzzle it. Yeah, which is like sort of it's sort of a really weird thing. It's a weird. Uh, the reason the reason it's so weird is that what he's done is it's it's taking the familiar and making it strange. Yeah, there is a literary term for it, but I can't pronounce this. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but that uh, it's fuck. I can't. I actually can't pronounce it. Um, but that process that he's done. The reason that's really important is because what it does is we know what gasoline is. We know how it works. Yeah, we know what gasoline. But is. gasoline in this world works a tiny bit differently. It's a tiny bit more flammable. It's a tiny bit more yeah. active. Like it's it's the same it's that we know, but it's toxic. It's to a little swallow. more. It's a little more cartoony. Like yeah. the gas, the gasoline in this world is a little more cartoony. And by changing the name a tiny bit, it's got the same structure of the name. Yeah, gasoline and gasoline sound very similar. Yeah, you're, you're but it's the difference. It's the difference between Simon and Simon. Simon yeah. is a person that you know in your in in your life. Simon is someone in a fantasy novel. Yeah, they're similar, and you. They're interchangeable when you're reading them, but what it does is it takes something that is really familiar and it just gives it a little tweak. Yeah, and so sort of draw you into a different world. Yeah, and it lets you it lets you in really easily. Like yeah. it's a gradual kind of yeah, it lets you in the door very with very little resistance, and it's so clever. They that don't it works. they don't like hamfist the ton. They don't call it Guz Town. Yes, just be like, what the fuck is Guz Town? They call it Gas Town, so you know it's it's the yes. same thing. Where it's like, so you know what Gas Town is. Yes, if you called it Gus Town, you'd be like, oh, that's what? odd. I don't that's understand. Weird. But Gas Town, know what bullet form e- is. even though Gas Town would rely on the fact that it's gasoline, not guzzling, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because <laughs> because because it's they still both, gasoline beca- because it's, it's still gasoline. Yeah, so it's it's so clever. Like it, it's taking those things. It's basically holding two opposing ideas true at the same time. Yeah, and that the fact that you can do that in cinema is so clever because it is really hard to do. Think. Like yeah, it's it's the LR. It's it's two oppo- It's yeah. um the cognitive the, dissonance. Yeah, and it's the process of being able to like some people talk about this in arts a lot, but to be a good artist, so like we talk about it in writing, to be a good writer, you have to believe that both you are the best writer that's ever lived and that you can't write and you're terrible. And if you can hold yeah. those ideas that are diametrically opposed in your yeah. head at the same time, you can write well, but otherwise you will always fail because of your arrogance or because of your lack of confidence. Yeah. And the same thing is true of the cinema where, like, for world building to work, you have to have it be familiar and distant. Yeah. And that guzzling is just... It hits the nail on the head. And I hadn't even thought of that until you mentioned it. Like, it's yeah. just perfect. Yeah. Um, But I guess the other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about as well, and we mentioned this when we were watching it, is... The car weapons themselves, and you had a good point about the tr- plows or trowels or trows. 
Yeah, I think they're plows. Plows, they're plows yeah. Them, yeah. Um, where it's clear that... At, so, like, all of the cars clearly have existed before the... Like, all of the for cars have existed time, before yeah. the cameras are turned on, before this mission. They, they've all existed for years. Yeah. And so, when they're like, shit, they've, we need to slow down this truck... they've fought with each other for years as well. Because this is... We talked about this, but there's this weird meta that exists. Yeah. Where, like... Weapons exist to fight other cars, and someone's built a weapon to fight that car weapon, which someone has then built a weapon to fight that. Yeah, it's gone beyond just, like, killing the people. Like, guns are pretty much, like, irrelevant. You find a lot that, like, in the scenes where people are shooting each other, they're never shooting at cars, they're only shooting at people on their cars. Mm. Or, at some point, shooting at people on motorbikes, but it's sort of different. The mo- motorbikes are weird. Yeah, they make <clears> a but, weird appearance in yeah, this world. Yeah, like, all the weapons are very much, like, they... When you watch it, they seem so weird and alien, but then you see them in use, and you're like, "Oh, that the makes interplay. perfect sense." You're yeah. suddenly like, "Oh, the reason they have that is to combat the the swaying guys on yeah. the big engine yeah, like the, sticks." Or the, the big poles blah, blah, blah. are definitely the most like you're like that's like that's so pointless. But then you see them just like, like, "Oh, that's dropping people onto trucks yeah. and like just pulling people out." You're like, "Okay, that makes that's that makes perfect." Yeah, sense. you're like, "Oh, it's a boarding grappling it's hook a boarding, on a pirate yeah. ship. That's all that is." Yeah, but it's it's because it's how to board like, other cars from a car without having to rely on, like, tightrope walking or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think... And, this the, th- and the same thing with, like, the harpoon and plows, where it's just, like, if a car or truck is moving fast, you know, we slow it down by connecting to it and slowing, and slowing us down. down. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what you would do if you... That's what you would do. And, like, I, I kind of like the idea that um, this has evolved over the years, and you can see it in a lot of the cars where... They were clearly a car at some point, and they've been <laughs> yeah. added to. And now they're sort of just like and a... chopped up, and well, no one really calls cars cars. Yes. Only Max really does at the start because he's that's like, my, car. my car. Yeah, and then later on, beyond like... that, they're just war something, war machines, yeah. war buggies. They have a I can't think of what the the, the Half Life guys call them, but yeah, they don't sort of they don't use the term car, and I think it. They use, like, the term, like, that's my V8 or something. That's my... Yeah, I mean, Max... At one point, Max is like, hey, that's mine. That's all he says when he sees his car. Yeah. And that's a great moment, because you think he's... Actually, that is a fantastic, just a little bit of character. It's, yeah, it's a... It's, like, it's not a car movie like Fast and Furious is, where they're just like, oh, cars, cars, cars. Yeah. It's, like, it's a car movie, but it's, like... It's a weird, like, steampunk thing. It's, it's... it's, You don't refer to what it is. It's not a film. It's a film... It'd be, like... It'd be, like, having a, um... You were like having a Harry Potter book, but you, no, no one was called a wizard. Yeah, everyone was like a. a Which, if you can achieve that and have yeah. it sit well, is and so have it clever. Seem like normal, like, like oh you don't my realize god, they never called. Oh wizards. my god, that yeah. is like doing that is, yeah, like it, this film is such an imp- like it's impressive, both it's a film because it's fun to watch, but it's impressive in the fact that it's crafted so well. Yeah, that I didn't even realize that no one calls it a car. <laughs> like that's how good this There's fucking film is. There's probably a few is. moments that like I just don't remember, but like in general, they're called like something else, like a war machine or a yeah, yeah. Well, they have different terms for different kinds of yeah. cars, which you would have if they existed. But you would, yeah, you know. you'd have to because you'd have to start like again. It's part of like this weird meta they've developed where it's like you have to classify different cars differently because 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 ev- everything is cars. something else. Yeah. yeah, but like I get so. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to touch on a bit was the um, during the fight with Fur- Furiosa with Max. I love. She great fight. We'll do an episode on the fight scene at some point. But she punches uh, a piping piece of piece of old piping and grabs out a gun. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it, what <laughs> it, the, when it happens, you're like in the moment. You don't really notice it as being weird. 
Yeah, you're just like, she goes, yeah, sure. She's bam, and a gun, and you're like, oh shit, she's got a gun. Like, but you don't realize, dude, that gun's been there the whole time. The whole time. For, just in case. It's not like it's a door or anything. No. Like, it's a, it's like a skull or something, or like a, it's like a weird skull piece, pipe. Yeah, it's just a piece of old fucking piping. Yeah. And you go. And she just like smashes Yeah, and she knows exactly where it is, what? grabs a gun, and you're like, oh, there are pro- probably more of those around the car. And oh then when they God. get in, yeah. then when they get in, that's reinforced more when Max is like, she goes to turn. She's doing the kill switches, and he's like, uh, "This gun, give it." Oh, give that me, whole give segment is hilarious. And then he pulls because... out his gun, and he's like, "Okay, just give me all the gun." And then he just starts, pulling, just starts pulling fucking guns out, of guns out of everywhere, which does two things. It does a lot of things. It lets us know that if Furiosa wanted him dead, he'd be dead. Oh yeah, like even at the end when he thinks he's got all the got all the guns, she still she has pulls the out knife the knife and the yeah. gear stick. Yeah, so like, like we, it, it's a reminder that she's not killed him on purpose because she needs him. Yeah. He knows that too, clearly. Yeah. It's a reminder that this truck is so well prepared because it's been around for so long that there there's, are guns there's everywhere. There's guns everywhere. So this there's truck has been around for everything. years. This yeah. truck has been used for a long time. Yeah. The third thing is that Furiosa has driven this truck so much because she knows where all the guns are. where all the guns are. <laughs> yeah. And the fourth thing is that at some point, she has spent the time, someone has spent the time loading these fucking guns, putting them in this fucking car, making sure they're all hidden... Yeah. Just in case this happens, because clearly people try and hijack it a There's lot. a backup for a backup for a backup. Yeah, which yeah. is like, that's how dangerous this is. So it does all of those things, but it's in this slightly comedic yeah. Max being like, give me the fuck, give, give, yeah, give me the guns, mate. It's, sort of, it's a funny scene because you're like, oh, when he when she reaches down to do the kill switches and Max is like, no, 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 that's a that's like that trope where like, oh, like Max knows what he's doing because he knows she's going to go for the gun. Yeah. He pulls the gun out and you're like, oh, good on you, Max. But then it, they just <laughs> they flip tilt, it over and he's like, head. no, Max is a complete idiot because he just forgets. He, he'll he stop for a bit and he'll be like, wait, no, there's probably a gun up here. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he he's goes, clearly going through the process. Gun yeah. He's going through the motions of like remembering. Yeah. That, yeah, sort of it's kind of cool. Like, wait, actually, I got to... Like, it's sort of like a weird power play where it's just like, at the start, you're like, okay, Max has control of the, the scene because he's like, you know, like, only you can... He's come. holding the gun, yeah. Yeah, like, he's he's the one in power, but then you realize he's he's not the one in control at all. At, he's just at all. this bumbling idiot. And it's, it's nice that he... Like, it's nice that we think he is. Like, it kind yeah. of... It's, it's weirdly... It's a nice payoff, actually, for everything he's done so far. Yeah, it's like... It's, it's a, weird. Like, it's a weird payoff. It's like a nice sort of... It humanizes him humanizes him a bit big time because he's he makes mistakes yeah you're like oh okay and he doesn't know everything yeah he knows a lot and he can, he knows enough but he doesn't he, know yeah, everything yeah he knows he knows a lot enough because like you see it at the end where he he knows that oh her you know her lungs are filling up or whatever so he fucking he knows yeah he, know, he knows he how knows, to he knows fucking suture her lung and shit. yeah and he realizes he also knows he's a universal donor which is you're told the audience is told that through like a five second scene where he gets the tattoo at the start and then they never show the which tattoo again. Which no one is looking for. No. If you, is, it, it's really cool. I mean, it's like, it's, it's world building because it's like, you know, they're sort of like, as a blood bag, they're like, yeah, he's this type blood. Because that's like, what you do to blood bags. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that's just, it's I mean, brutal. that's just like, brutal and it's so that cool. Scene is brutal. Like, just the fact that some screen designer was like, well, if they have these people that are donating blood, it would probably write. You would want to mark it. Yeah. They probably tattoo them like you tattoo a blood bag. Because at some point, someone's found a real blood bag and gone, oh, we should do that with our blood bags. Yeah. Except our blood bags are people. <laughs> I love how they call them blood bags. Yeah, it's, it's like, just, it's oh. not just like, they're not just like, oh, my, you know, my human mate. My human stick. Yeah, blood. my, the, no, my, it's a blood bag. my sack of Max, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, I mean, one of the, one of the other things that, uh, sort of the, the combination of 
the fact that Furiosa and the wives have clearly made a deal before they've left. Because she's about to kill... I'm not sure if it's Nox or if it's someone else, but she's about to kill one of the... Um, one of the war boys, and she's about to kill Nox. Yeah, and the wife is like, "No, mate, no, we, he hasn't we done she's, anything. He's yeah, just a, she's like, he's, we, she's like, we made a deal. No, she's like, he's an old man. He's an old dying man. Yeah, and that's that sort of reinforces his idea that like he's old, but he looks the same because they're they're these weird half life things, mm. these weird creatures. Yeah, almost. That's so odd. Which is kind of born of the fact that they're like they're ruled by this weird toad guy. Yeah, like it's sort of more of the same, and but I think the thing that that does is it reminds us again that Furiosa and these Warboys have existed long before the cameras were turned on, yeah. and that her and the wives have had dealings before. Like it's just more of that we're reminded that there is much more than we've seen. Yeah. Whereas, like, if we didn't get that, it would be kind of like it makes the world feel bigger than it otherwise would, and especially how the um the wives show a lot of sympathy to the Warboys. Yeah, that, that kind lot. of institutionalization. Yeah, because like. It's we were talking about it when we were watching it, but it's like the wives aren't just like like as a as a film watcher, you're out you you exist outside of like the citadel. Like you're watch you're you're not inside it like looking in it. You're outside looking in. Mm. And Max is also that way. Like he's just been introduced. Yeah. And then you get these characters like Furious or well, lesser degree Furious, but the wives who have lived there literally their whole lives. Mm. So when when they like when you as a viewer you you see the warboys as being like these evil scary things so like you know if you're in a situation where a warboy jumped in your car you would do everything to like kill him and get him out mm, just yeah, yeah. Boys. but the wives when that thing happens and they're like oh he's just he's just a dying old man like give him a break you're like it sort of creates this idea that they are still part of the system yes like they they still have an element of in like they still exist in the structure. Yeah, but and they're sort of just... They're only really disillusioned to the fact, like, just being wives. And, well, it's not even that. They just sort of wanted to see, like, this green place. Yeah, and... They I, sort of just, like, wanted to, like, get a holiday or something. Well, it's the... F- it's the f- you know what it is. It's, it's the same... It's actually part of the same problem that kept them institutionalized. It's... Oh, there is some better place. It's the fucking promised land. Like, it's the promised land myth that can only exist if you believe in the first place, which they clearly must because of a Morton Joe. When there are moments where some of the white, when one of them is like... Tries to leave. Yeah, she like wants to go back and it's like, it's really odd because you're thinking like, aren't you, like, don't you just want to escape? But you have to realize that like, they're different to the viewer. Like, they haven't just been put into this world, which from our perspective, seems horrible. Like, they're kind yeah. of still part of but the For them, system. it's all they've known. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... It's, it's a weird... It's, a, it's an odd choice, and I think it... I think it works. Yeah. Because if they were just straight, like, disillusioned, it would very much seem like just a us-versus-them situation. But because they're still part of the situation, you're able to sort of sympathize... Or, like, almost sympathize with the Citadel. Yeah. And, like, the Warboys. And by the end of it, you, you, you're almost basically on the Warboys' side because of Nux. Yes. And especially at the end when you're shown, like, the Warboy kids, which is weird and breaks the whole continuity of Warboys, because they look younger. Like, they look actively yeah. younger. It's this weird yeah. thing where, like, you know, they hit, like, an age of, like, you know, 25, let's say, and then just stop aging. Well, that or or, or that is, like, as old as they get, and then they just die. Yeah. Like, we have no real way of knowing... Yes, you don't really know who the like, kids are. Like, either, either they get to some age, and then they stop aging, and they... St- die like at a hundred like normal people yeah. or they 
die or they get to 25 and that's when they die because yeah. they got cancer like it's really hard to say but i think the fact that there are more white kids it's just another like little bit of i mean it's an easy way to sympathize with them yeah and you're the like, other oh, thing they're it kids. does you're like oh there are children yeah. shit yeah. like it, <laughs> yeah you get this like ah oh, fuck me moment where like you think like even though a morton joe is dead you're like could things get worse yes they could there yeah, are kids like it it just it's yeah it's a little bit of the sort of reminder of what a morton joe did as we sort of throw his body down and oh, yeah. his slightly cooked corpse yeah um i want to talk about the, the reapplying the head grease moment that you pointed out that i didn't notice yeah, in the, uh, when they so, get to the canyon. Yeah, so Furiosa uh, has, like, engine grease on her head the when the they films, leave. Yeah, she has engine And it's kind of wiped off by the time they get to the canyon. She reapplies it, and we see a few of the war boys wearing it, and it's a sign of rank. The, yeah, the war boy that comes up to her when she diverges also has it, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So it's like a sign of rank. And well, It's never stated, it's just there. Yeah. And that's just, again, it's more of that same kind of subtle... I didn't even notice it, like, yeah. until you pointed it out. Yeah, it rubs off a lot during, like, the initial fight scene. Don't know how, just sort of rubs off. Just yeah. Just kind of disappears over time. Well, there's water and shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because well, they have the water from the truck as Yeah, well. true, especially when it gets splashed. Yeah. Splishy splash. Splish splash. She also, they also punch each other with that fucking hose, so, like... Yeah, true. That's, that's yeah. brutal, that fight. Um, the other thing that is the, the moment where Nux doesn't know what a tree is... <laughs> um, that's really good. That's just a great little moment. And then they they like they they call back like it's a bit of a joke. And then they call back to her. He's like, yeah, that. He, at first, he's like well, that thing. And she's like a tree. Is like it's a tree. Yeah, like, like and then like, he's like thing. that tree thing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> good. Like, so good. Never learns. No. Um, and then but because sort of following that sequence, we get the crow guys with the stilts or whatever. Yeah, they're just weird. That we don't like. You don't need that in don't the like film. About them. But it just makes the world bigger. Like the. There's this real tendency in world building to show us only things we need to know. Yeah. By having one little snippet of the bigger world, it just makes the world a little less small. Yeah, because it's like, sort of... it's it's the It solves the prequel problem, which is all of the things that are mentioned in the Star Wars films, we see some variation of that in the prequels. We don't need to. We shouldn't. It yeah. makes the world too small. And the fact that, like... A lot of writers make this mistake where they'll make everyone related to everyone else. Everyone's a fucking Skywalker or whatever it is. It makes the world yeah. really fucking small. Yeah. The great thing about this crow sequence is it makes the world really big. Yeah, because at the start of the film, you just see, like, when they do a lot of, like, wide, like, landscape shots, it's just nothing but desert. Mm. You're like, okay, it's a lot of desert. And then, like, you know, halfway through the film, you're at this place where it's, like, it's swamp, and you're like, oh... That must be really far away, because I didn't see it in a, like, huge yeah. landscape shot. Like, it's beyond the canyons, <sighs> I and it's thought about beyond... That. Yeah. It's beyond, beyond the canyons. It's really... They've gone a really long way. Yeah. Shit, like, I didn't even thought of that. That's really clever. Then they get to the salt flats, and it's just... That yeah. impact is tripled, because you didn't see that in the first shot, either. So the distance is really great. the salt flats would be like air, right? Sorry? Can, like, the salt flats would be like air. Center of Australia. Yeah. You'd think. Uh, that's what I would assume, yeah. It, yeah. Would, it would be like, um... That'd be, like, somewhere in the middle of Australia. That yeah. would probably exist somewhere. Like, I, I can pretty much guarantee... I can think of. Yeah. There's, there's a, well, there's a few, but, like, in Australia, yeah. Yeah. But I think the whole, the, the cool thing about that is that it lends geography. scale... Yeah, it lends geography <laughs> without... It's... You know what it is. It's like... There's this great introduction in the, uh, in the Edge Chronicles novels, where every time there's an introduction at the start of the book, and it's similar every time, so it's like... It gives you the basics of the world. Um, and it's like, everyone lives on the edge, blah, 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 blah. But the way it ends is great. So it ends with this little... 
you know, you, you get a rough idea of where the world's at, because they all, they all happen at different points in time. Yeah. And the ending of the introduction, it lists a bunch of names on the map. So it'll be like uh, the Edgewoods, the, um, the Twilight Glades, uh, the Libraries of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, all names and dots and a points on a map. Uh, all have stories to tell. This is but one of them. That moment, the, the geography building that Mad Max does is the same thing, where it's like, here is a bunch of places that are really far away, but we're not gonna we're not gonna condescend you by saying, Hey, Furiosa, you've traveled a really long way to get here. Yeah. None of we don't recognize any of this swamp. Instead we get They just show they just, just show driving. up and they're just yeah. driving. And the best thing about that is that Max it's really subtle, but they get Tom Hardy to be a little bit surprised by the swamp. Just a little. Yeah. If you rewatch it, when they get out of like when they get to the swamp and they get stuck, he's like, "Oh, I was not expecting that. Not expecting water." Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not something he's dealt with before, no. or he's forgotten that this is where. Like he's clearly never been here before. Is he the one driving the truck at that point? Or yes. Is he he's the one that gets it bogged the first. So he's time. the one that gets it bogged. Yeah. Because he's never <laughs> driven in water. Because they're driving and they start like. Yeah. He swerves. He turns slightly, and then the truck just yeah. starts losing. I'm That's like, right. And you're watching that. You're just like, oh, a rookie you, mistake. You 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 <laughs> vocalized. You said out loud. You were like, yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, you shouldn't do he's that if you're driving. Yeah. You're yeah. like, you got to keep your wheels straight. And I was like, really. Didn't yeah, know that, but Max did not know that either. And then they stop, and then I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna press the accelerator." And then, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, <laughs> the best part of that though is that then they get he gets Nux to drive because Nux knows what he's doing." Yeah, which is interesting because you wouldn't really expect. I could just go back to the whole idea that like people who drive cars are just sort of these gods. Yeah, and Mad Max is clearly good, but he's like he's not a war boy good. You know what he's good? You know he's. He's good Nox at, is crazy. He's Nox, good at yeah. Nox is an amazing driver, but Max is good at everything. Max is like jack of all trades. Yes, but yeah. he's not amazing at anything. He's just okay at everything. Yeah. and I think that's why that's why he's a really cool character. I think in this world because everyone else has one thing they're really good at. You know, like Nox is really good at driving. Maybe yeah. Furiosa is really good at fighting and driving. Yeah, like maybe there are other Life characters really good at being martyrs. <laughs> yeah, there are other characters who are really good at shooting, or other characters who are really good at like repairing well, actually, engines. That's, that's one thing I like about the wise is that they actually give them each like a thing. Like the Indian one, she's really good at bullets. Yeah, and like guns. Like she's the gun nut, and like the the redheaded chick the gets some sick goggles, and she's yeah, really hot. She's... <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the one that like sort of in, like invites us to sympathize with Knox. Yes. Because she's the one that connects with him. She is my favorite character and for a few reasons. And you just get reasons. the pregnant one who dies, and it's kind of just like, she's like the martyr. Yeah. And then the the last one, she's the the other brunette, and she's just like the... Well, she, is she the one that... Oh, you mean the, the is, first one is that, that the wants blonde that, Is that the blonde that makes friends with the old woman? Oh, yeah, she's the That's really the Australian one. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's got the accent. We, we has, were loving the accent. Oh, I love her accent she's so like, much. What was, oh, what was the line? Do you kill people with these? <laughs> is that is that what that one was? She's like holding a fucking spear. How many spear. people have you killed? How, How many people have you oh killed with these? I love that line. And we just lost it because that's so there are, we know people that speak like that, that, and it's just that. the best. I love that they got some real Australian actors. Yeah. Like, but there's a um yeah, she's a great character because it again like the, each of the wives have different kind of things they're good at because that's what people in this world have. Like they yeah. have one thing they're good at, but Max is so different. Max survives because he's good at a lot of stuff. Well, that's what Max's character is. He just he sort of just goes. He's like he just finds himself in situations and just like helps as much as he can and then leaves. Yeah, 
And he does that in all the films. And he mm. does that in this film again, which I'm glad. Like, yeah. like the, the ending sequence of this film is really good. It's really, like, characteristic of what Max is. Yeah, you know, it's brief. Like, it's... You know, he, he he finishes the job. He get like, he saves the... Well, quote-unquote saves. He does something. He changes something of the well, area. Well, he... Yeah, and then he, he, leaves. he has an influence yeah. on other characters and a world, and then he's gone. Yeah. And I think, like, would Furiosa succeed... Would Furiosa make it the same distance? Well, the thing is, because Furiosa was planning on leaving. Yeah. When she got to the... So they got to the Soul Flats here, and yeah. he stopped them. And he and he was the one that sort of recommended, like, why don't we go back to Citadel? And that's sort of interesting, because Furiosa would probably make had made it that yes. far without Max. Yeah. You're sort of like, you know, it's not like she needed Max. She just realized he was he would be helpful, so she brought him along. Yeah, more or less. Like she could have killed him at any point. Yeah, yeah, she could have killed <laughs> which him. Which is why you know. Yeah, which we know because we've seen her ability to yeah. do that, and it's not like you know, and it's almost like Max caused more pain than good because Max is what led Nux to them, and you know, caused all these issues to an extent. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of more of a like, catalyst. She had a plan. Yeah, he fucked up her plan. That's but the, in that's the, the end, it sort of, you know, he was the one like, why don't we go back? And that sort of created this almost secondary ending, like, yep. second timeline of her going back, you know, kind of thing, where, you know, if if Max wasn't there, like, the Citadel would have been different, but, like, Furiosa would have still had her quote-unquote redemption. Yes. As she puts it. Which I think that speaks to a lot about the way that Max's character sits in the world, because... He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't really... elicit good, he just elicits change. Yes, which is really important because you can think of it as being good if you want, and that's fine, but it's not definitively good. It just no, happens to just be different. different. Yeah. And I think, from a world-building perspective, putting a character like that in a world like the one they've built gives you so much lateral movement to have him doing so many interesting things. Yeah. And it also kind of tells us that he must do this a lot. This is what he just does. Like, he just yeah. goes to places, well, I mean, changes stuff, and leaves. If if we didn't have the original three films... Yeah, three films. Yeah. <laughs> it probably... Well, basically two films. It would have been a lot... Like, the, the flashbacks would have a lot of... Wouldn't have made as much sense, because you'd be like, I don't get it. Like I almost think they make more sense if you don't know the other films. I think you need to... I think knowing the original films, it, it sort of makes his... Like, it's more about his character less than world-building, but it makes his character make more sense as mm. to, like, what he does. Yeah. But without them... Like, this film still stands well on its own because of the introduction, mainly. Yeah, I sort think... Of shown he's a survivor, and then he gets thrown well, yeah, into the situation, get... and he helps them out, and then he goes back to being a survivor. If we hadn't very... seen him with his car... At the start, then it would have been very... It would have been a very different film, yeah. Because, yeah. like, we need to know that he's competent before the film begins yeah that's the you know that's the moment before that's that's the frodo reading a book scene like yeah. that's the here's a character just doing their life yeah and here's the thing that happens if you don't have it's that basic storytelling yeah if you don't have that it, you just kind of like it's good to jump in the middle of the action and you shouldn't have that frodo reading a book going for too long but the fact that that max sequence happens and it's over like you get him driving and then it's over and then he's getting dragged like yeah. that stuff happens fast enough but it gives us enough like it gives us enough information for when the rest of the world building happens. We're not worrying about whether or not Max is competent because we've already seen that. Yeah. Like, it's just one less piece of data for us to need to collect later. Yeah. And I think doing that, you know, it brings together all of the lessons that they learned from the previous films, which aren't all great. <laughs> and it shows us that they've learned. They were, yeah. Like, it, George Miller clearly has learned and is like, look, 
I know better now. And that's what the world building in this film really demonstrates. He clearly has learned something. No, compared to the other... Like, the world building in the other films is just sort of, like... It's just kind of wacky, and they don't really show why it's so wacky. It's really cartoony. Yeah, but this film does a lot better job of explaining the wackiness. Yes. This cartoons and this makes sense. Yeah, and giving clues as to why certain things are their way and why some characters are just ridiculous. Like, Mm. the... What's his name? The Bullet Farm leader. Oh, I can't think of what his name is, but he's crazy. His gross-ass foot (laughs) and shit. (laughs) Or the guy who goes blind. Is that the guy you're talking about? That's the Bullet Farm guy. Yeah, yeah. Gastown's the really fat one. Oh, he's gross. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, I think, all we wanted to talk about. Like, yeah. we really love this film, and I think it's a it's a real it's testament a to George Miller and his ability to um, put together a film that, that really stands. Like, I'm just very glad it did well, because now we're going to get more. It's like, yes. And we really should. What I want to see the next film be is, I want to see them break their continuity again. I really want to see that. I really want to see another Mad Max film with Tom Hardy, where there is a slight contradiction of what happened in the previous film, because I really like the idea that they're all just stories about this guy. Yeah, because that that to me is so powerful. Because there's this slight continuity between the second and third film. Yeah, and there is no continuity. See, I want to the yeah. third and the new See, one. I want to see a little bit of like a tiny bit, but not much. Like, I want to see yeah. a little bit, but maybe it's it. It, it would be cool itself. if like the movies just become like you know like the Chronicles of Mad Max, like just well, if they're just like stories. James Bond films. Yeah, but it's like the same James Bond, but a different <clears throat> different world each time. Slightly yeah. different story. Yeah, I'd love to see that. But I think this like this is just an amazing example of what can happen when. Everything comes together to create a world that is so vividly realized and executed that yeah. you don't notice that it's happening. Yeah, and there's just a lot of subtle clues into it's it. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you haven't watched it, I don't know, it's like... <laughs> it was our best movie of last year. Yeah. But we were just like, best film. Best film. Mad Max. Um, yeah, I, we, we love it. So, yeah. like, go check it out. Um, or watch it again, actually. You've probably seen it if you're listening to this, but go watch it again. Look for these things, and you'll start to notice... That it's some just... things that we haven't even talked about. Oh, this, we, this, uh, we had a list of like, yeah, we had a fucking a of pages of stuff, things. but yeah. yeah. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, so where can people find us, Ben? You can email us at podcast at dcm.works. Yep. Uh, Twitter. DCM underscore works. Yep, that's it. Our YouTube is dcm.works. Yep. God, it's confusing. It's confusing. Um, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash dcmworks if you want to help support us. T-shirts, Redbubble, Redbubble slash, slash people slash dcmworks. Yeah. Yep, all that stuff, as always, is in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, as always, um, if you guys got any value out of this, you know, we ask you to think about giving some value back. Leave a rating, a like, a favorite, a reblog, a retweet, a fucking whatever a gold star yeah. I don't know, whatever thumbs up thumbs up thumbs down bloody whatever um but yeah that's that's gonna do it for this episode guys and as always we will see you next time goodbye bye visuals are very like well done and like the gameplay is super fun <laughs> and like because those three things are there it's like it's exceptionally good hey, I could do it in a heartbeat and make millions but it would feel like just gouging my soul out yeah Jurassic Park's a little more like DDR if Shrek is a very tall creature, can he actually own land and want to kick them off? Like, where did that come from? You have to make a lot of shit up to make good art. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's just the truth, buddy. Like.